Amen. It's time for the word. Get your Bible. We're going to get to the book of Romans, uh, chapter number 12. I'm excited about the word. This is how I live my life. How I know everything is going okay? The word says so. Romans chapter 12, the first three verses. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Man, it's time to renew your mind. If you haven't done that, you got to renew your mind. Hope you get the series that we've been teaching on. We're going to get right into God's word. Amen. Let's pray. Let's go to the Father because he's the one that wrote the book. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you now for your word, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your truth. Now we ask you to minister to our hearts. And Lord, destroy religion out of us. Destroy tradition out of us. Don't let us stay, remain the same. We ask you to change us from the inside out. And we give you the praise. Minister to our audience. In Jesus' precious name we pray. All the grief of that prayer said amen. Well, I'm telling you last night by 2 o'clock the Lord got me up again on this word because I had missed something. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> In the book of Romans uh, chapter number 8. We're going to start reading with verse 5. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh, we're reading out the King James. For they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. And verse 6 is our key verse. For to be calmly minded is death. Now that's what we talked about last week. That's on your podcast, part one and two already. Then the week before, we talked about to be calmly minded is life. To be calmly minded is life. God gives you the definition of life and death. But that's not all. This week he showed me that you didn't finish. So I had to go back to verse 6 today. To be spiritual minded is peace. That's what we're going to talk about today. Let somebody know. We're talking about a word called peace. Peace. What an awesome, awesome word. Man, I tell you this, if you don't have it, you better get it. Because that's what you got if you're saved. You got peace. You got righteousness. We're going to go show you. Look at Romans 14, 17. Look what you got. See, if you say this is what you got, that's why I always tell you, don't trust your salvation to nobody who will baptize you in water. God did something in your heart. He changed you, made you a new creature in Christ Jesus. And he gave you righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 14 and verse number 17, watch what it says. For the kingdom of God, I'm reading out the King James Version. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. See, the kingdom of God is not Passover. Can you hear me that? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. The kingdom of God is not bread on the table. The kingdom of God is not wine on the table. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom of God is righteousness. The kingdom of God is peace. The kingdom of God is joy. And he told you where it is. It's in the Holy Ghost. It's in the Holy Spirit. So when God gives you the Holy Spirit, what does he give you? He make you righteous. He make you right with God. He give you his righteousness. Then he give you his peace. That he does everything for your soul. He make your soul righteous. Then he give your soul peace. We're going to find out why he gave your soul peace this morning. And then he gave your soul joy. Now you got to operate in this joy. You got to operate in this, this peace. Let this peace. All you got to do is really let the peace operate in your life. But you're going to have to operate in the joy yourself. All right, because your responsibility is to give him praise. We'll get to all of that. But right now, uh, let's begin to deal with this thing. Because what I want to do is I want to uh, update you. You know, when you got people who, you know, not in the word, 
Uh, I know the people from Door of Faith. I know you're in the Word. But there are a lot of people out there who are not able to keep up. You know, they're not able to keep up. And what I want to do is making sure that everybody is in the Word. All right, so we're going to update. We're going to bring you up to date. We already talked volume one. In volume one in this series, Renew Your Mind, the first thing we taught you was, how do I renew my mind? That's the first thing I taught you. So that's why I always give you Romans 12, 1, 2, and 3. He told you to be transformed. This is how you renew your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to change. You got to totally change by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove was that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God wants you to know the will of God for your life. You can't do it until you have the mind of Christ. See, you can't know the word of God unless you have the mind of Christ. So that's why there are so many people who tell you, I just can't understand, Pastor. I just can't understand. No, you, don't, you need to have the mind. You got to have the mind to understand the book. See, the, his word is his mind. So he gives you his mind so you can know his mind. Hallelujah. All right. But how do I renew my mind? Okay, I got to be transformed. God got to transform me into a new person by changing the way you think. He got to bring change in your inner man. Then I talked about be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We gave you that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24. You got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then he told you how that is going to happen. And we're going to be looking at that today. Let, let me just run that quickly. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. You've got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 22 says that you put off concerning the former conversation. That's the former conversation is the old man. Now, the old man is the old mind or the old lifestyle. That have to change. And verse 23, and then you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then I showed you it's not you going to do it. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. And verse 24, and that you put on. So put off the old man. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, so that is what God asks of us to do. All right, so that's why we've been going through everything step by step, because I want you to know. But I want you to write down two words. I want you to write down the word peace with God. You who are studious out there, I want you to write that down. Peace with God. Now, we're going we're gonna to show you how to have peace with God. Because until you have peace with God, you cannot have the peace of God. So you need to know the first one first. So the first thing you need to do out there is have peace with God. Now, let's show you how to have that peace with God. All right. Now, that's why Jesus died on the cross. So you want to write down a word called reconcile. We're going to talk about that word reconcile because that word reconcile has definitions. So I'm going to give you that right now. That, that word reconcile is talking about restore. So this is what Jesus Christ did. He reconciled us back to God. He restored us back to God. See, to, to reconcile means to bring back to the first state or condition. And that's what he did. He brought us back to where we were as Adam was before he sinned. But we wasn't physical, natural. We are spirit. All right, so he restored us. All right, so we're going to be looking at the word reconcile. Now, th this is a good word because when I begin to show you what he did, now we're only talking about peace with God. I have not got with the peace of God. You can write that down for later. Peace of God. So we, if we can get through the peace with God, the first service, praise God, then we sure can get with the peace of God, the second service. But let's see how this works. First, we're going to talk about what? Peace with God. Say that with me. Peace with God. 
Because that's what you got to have first. Then you want to write down the word reconcile. Now let's go and show you that, how that happened. Look at Romans. Start off in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified, now we're justified, being made right with God, we have peace with God. Now he shows you, once you are made right with God, you got peace with God. Now, you got to get this first, because this is your salvation. You have peace with God. And that's what every man first have to operate in is making sure he got peace with God. Making sure you are not God's enemy. And we're going to show you that how is a man God's enemy. We showed you last week. We're going to take you back through those scriptures. You're God's enemy if you're not saved in your mind. Remember, God came to save your soul, your mind, your heart, your will, yourself. That's who he came to save. He came to save you. Christ died for you. That word there means soul. It means mind, your conscience, your will. That's who you are. He died for you, the self-man. All right? Now, so when we see Romans chapter 5, he said, therefore, being justified by faith, righteous by faith, we have peace with God, but he told you it's through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's peace with God. That's why you got to have, first you got to have peace with God. Now, he said, because you've been made right with God. I want to read, I'm going to be reading today uh, out of the good news and NLT. But let's go to the good news first. And we want to look at Romans 5.1, just one verse. See, this is, this is so awesome to know your Bible that you can be able to understand. It's an awesome thing to know that I know I have peace with God. Now, in the old covenant... The Bible said God was angry with the wicked every day. Well, why was God angry with the wicked? It's because they, wasn't, they had an unsaved mind. They, they hated God in their minds. Okay, okay, that's, now let's, let's keep going. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. We read out the good news. Now that we have been put right with God. See, once you're put right with God through faith, Israel was by faith, we are through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first thing God did when you receive Christ Jesus and receive and believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, the first thing God did when you got saved, this is what it means when you got saved. You now have peace with God. This is why you hear me always coming against stuff like religion, tradition of men, water baptism for salvation, all that kind of stuff. It's not going to give you peace with God. You got peace with God, Romans chapter 5, verse 1, through your Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to show you this is why Jesus died on the cross. This is why you have to believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection for your salvation. Let me show you another one. That's just Romans chapter 5. Now, why are you in Romans 5? Look at verse 10 and verse number 11. We're going to read it out to King James, and then we're going to read it out the good news. Romans chapter 5, verse 10. If we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Now, just think about what he just says. You were restored back to God by the death of his son. See, you got to give him the praise. That's why I'm saying that to you. You can't. You can't praise the water baptism or praise the foot washing or praise the circumcision, praise the communion. No, they, none of that stuff reconcile you to God. Listen again, Romans chapter 5, verse 10 of the King James. If when we were enemies, and I'm going to show you how you was enemies. We go to Colossians again. We're going to show you how you was enemies. For if while we were enemies, or when we was enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So why do you think he gave you his life? Because that's how he saved you, by his life. Then in verse 11 said, not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have received, watch this, the atonement. 
Now that word atonement means reconciliation. See, you've been reconciled to God by the death of his son. All right? We were enemies. Remember, Romans 5.10. We were enemies. We were reconciled. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. We was restored back to peace again. See, now we got peace with God. That's what it means when you're reconciled to God. All right, now, let's go and show you Colossians. Let, let me read this out, uh, out of the good news. I want to continue to read out of the good news because I want to make sure you understand. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 says, we were God's enemies. So if a man is not saved, he's still God's enemy. Although Christ had died and buried and raised again from the dead, you're still God's enemy. You're enemy in your mind. Because in your mind, you don't want God. I mean, when I go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 7, I'm going to show it to you. You have hate in your mind for God. See? And I'm going to show you in the Word. Romans, you don't believe in God. Your own creator. Romans chapter 5. And verse 10 said, we were God's enemy, but he made us his friends through the death of his son. Now that we are God's friends, how much more will we be saved by Christ's life? So that's, that's out of the good news. Let, let me go to uh, Colossians now. Well, I'm still in Romans. I want to read you one more in Romans. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 7. That's what I just told you. Romans 8 and 7. Now, because the carnal mind. Now, this is the mind that a person has that's not saved. Because the carnal mind is enmity, enmity against God. So that same word, enmity, is enemy. See, the mind is God, the carnal mind is God's enemy. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither can be. I'm going to read this out of the uh, good news. We'll read Romans chapter number 8. And we're going to read to you verse number 7. It says, and so a person becomes an enemy to God. So he doesn't use the word enmity, he uses the word enemy. King James used enmity. And so a person becomes an enemy of God when he is controlled by his human nature. See, so the, so the man that not saved is controlled by his human nature. That makes him God's enemy. And the Bible says he does not obey God's word. And in fact, he cannot obey God's word. Those who obey their human nature cannot please God. See, a man is not saved, he's walking after his carnal mind, his own human nature. He do what he want to do. You, you remember that as you're growing up, right? You, you can't tell me nothing. Yeah, that's what happened with a lot of young people, and they don't understand. That's what happened, you got a carnal mind. Nobody can tell you nothing. Okay, let's move on. Now, in Colossians chapter 1, let's go to Colossians. We read out of King James. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. We're talking to you about peace with God. Now, peace with God has to do with reconciliation. So let's go to Colossians. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 20. It says, and having made peace. Now, he told you how you got this. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Now, here it is. The only way you can be reconciled to God is Jesus had to die on the cross for your sins. He had to die on the cross for our sins before God would be at peace with man. Let me say it again because this, this stuff is so awesome. And what we do is we turn around. This is why I get angry when you hear a man say, oh, you just get baptized in water in Jesus' name. Listen, you are misunderstanding the whole Bible. Okay, you don't need to be doing what you're doing. Listen to what the word of God says. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. By him to reconcile 
all things. He restored all things to himself by him, I say. Will there be things in earth or things in heaven? And you, that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present us holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. Oh, you, you just can't help, you can't do nothing but just praise the Lord for that. When you think about what the Lord has done for you, don't give no water baptism to praise. Jesus, man, I'm going to tell you, you're going to fall in love with him today. If you haven't been loving on him, you're going to love him today because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put so much word on you today. You're going to love him today because when I start telling you about this peace of God, you can't do no more love him. You can't do no more love him. Now, now you got to hear that. He reconciled. Colossians 1.20 again. Having made by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him I say. Well, there be things in earth, things in heaven. And you, that were sometime alienated, alienated, enemies in our minds, cut off from God because of wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. How did he do it, Pastor? He reconciled. He made peace with God for us. He did it in the body of his flesh. He did it through death to present us holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. I can't do nothing but give him the praise. When you think about what my Lord has done for me, I can't do nothing but praise him. I have to give him the praise. Thanksgiving belongs to him. Somebody out there right now to just take a moment, just thank the Lord. That he has already done it all for you. He has made peace. We used to be God's enemy. Through his own cross. He made me God's own friend. So that, so, but, but once he saved me, he made me his son. But I understand that. Once I receive this, I become a son. And then I'm going to show you. Then I'm going to take you to the next thing where you got to have your shouting shoes on because not only he made peace with God for me, he gave me the peace of God so I can have the peace of God in me every day of my life. God woke me up at 2 o'clock last night and he asked me a question. He said, what you going to say about that, Pastor? What do you have, what do you have for that? Because he just said to me, he said, you know, in America, there has been, on your Google, you will see today would be 117,000 people have died because of the coronavirus. 117,000 people. Death all around us. And God said to me, what do you have for that, Pastor? And I says to him, I got peace. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's why I got up. I had to get up, wife, this morning at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I said, I got peace. Hallelujah. I got peace, glory to God. And I'm going to show you that's what he gave you. In the middle of the storms of life, when you're going through something, Death all around you. If anybody asks you, what do you have for that? You tell them, look, I got God's peace. See, I watched birds. You know, I got trees behind my house. And I sit and I watch birds when they build their, they build their nest. And the wind blows. And the wind shakes those trees. And them trees go from side to side but it can't shake that bird nest out. He taught them how to put that nest between the limbs of that tree. They got peace, brother. 
And that's what you got to understand. But God gave it to us. And I'm going to show you because you got it, you got it for a reason. Every time situation come up in your life, you got peace. That's what you're supposed to be able to say. Somebody ought to say it right now. Who watched this television broadcast, you ought to tell somebody right now, I got peace. In the midst of the storm, 117,000 people died around me in this United States. And God gave me peace. So I can't do nothing but praise him. Everybody praise him. That's what Sister Hayes was saying this morning. Everybody ought to be praising him. God gave you peace. How can you go to bed at night? People are dying all around you. We're talking about nearly 40,000 people have died in three months. From the middle of March to the middle of April is one month. To the middle of May is two months. To the middle of June is three months. And we had 117,000 plus people dead. Nearly 40,000 people per month. But God gave you something. I like the way the people used to say, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. What did he give you, Pastor? He gave me peace. I got peace with God. I got peace two times. Hallelujah. Right now we're talking about peace with God. We're going to show you another one. Because here's another one. Ephesians 2.11. You just read Carlos. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 11. Paul said to the Gentiles. Now I want you to remember. That in time past. You were Gentiles in the flesh. We were called uncircumcision by that is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand. Otherwise, the Jews called us circumcision, uncircumcision. But Paul said, but that at that time, we were without Christ. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers from the covenant of promise. We had no hope, awesome condition, and we were without God in the world. And the next verse said, but now, somebody out there ought to have said it with me. But now, yes, sir, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometime were far off, we couldn't even come near God. We were far off. Now we are made nigh, we can come near God by the blood of Christ. It's the blood. It's nothing but the blood. Oh, the blood. It's nothing but the blood. See, let me tell you, sir, someday you ought to just harm that, the blood. Nothing but the blood. Because that's what got us on the right track. It's the blood of Christ. The Bible says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometime were far off were made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. Man, this is an awesome thing. When that deaf angel walked through Egypt that night, Israel got in the house and shut the door. People were screaming all up and down the streets. People were hollering and screaming because they were dying. And yet Israel had the doors closed, eating lamb. Had they do Listen, this is an awesome thing. Eating, had they door closed, Eating lamb, dipping inside of the Passover they had. Pass me a piece of lamb there. People hollering, screaming all over. They had peace. That's what you got to understand. Do you have it? Do you know you got it? This is an awesome thing. In verse number 14, he is our peace who has made both one broken down the middle wall of petition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, the enmity, the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, to making himself twain one new man, making peace. And then verse 16 said, that he might reconcile, 
restoration, reconcile, make peace. Both to God and one body, and that's what he did. He made peace with God. He did it by the cross. And that you might reconcile both, and that he might reconcile both to God, Jews and Gentiles, in one body. And he did it by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And then he came and he preached peace. He came and he preached peace to you who were far, who were Gentiles, and them that were nigh, which were Jews. Now Paul said, through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now we got access by the Holy Ghost. We can go to the Father. Now that's very important because I'm going to show you this piece is so important and the Father has a part, an awesome part, and you having peace. So don't forget that. We're going to talk about that. But in Ephesians 2.19 it says, Therefore you are no more strangers. You're no more foreigners. Now we are fellow citizens with the saints. See, they call the Jew the saints. And of the household of God. Now we are the household of God. Fellow citizens with the saints. And now we are built up on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ being himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple. That's who we are in the Lord. We are a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are building together for a habitation of God by the Spirit. We are building together for a habitation of God, watch this, by the Spirit. What an awesome thing. See, we have peace with God. We you say that one more time? I don't want to leave you there. We want to make sure that you're saved. When you're saved, you got peace with God. You ought to look around and tell somebody this morning, I got peace with God. It's an awesome thing when I lay down at night. I don't have to worry about dying in my sleep. I know if the Lord comes while I'm asleep, guess what? I got peace with God. Hallelujah. That's what happened when you get saved. You made peace with God. Let me show you another. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. When a man is saved, he has peace with God. But God just don't just give you peace with God. He gives you the peace of God. This thing is going to get deeper. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 14. For the love of Christ constrains us or controls us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all. Christ died for all men. Now they which live should not henceforth live to themselves, but you should live for him who died for you and rose again for you. You ought to live for him. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, He's a new creature. Let me say it again. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. What happened, Pastor? Old things are passed away. The old man has passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You are a new creature. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. You're a new person. You're a new citizen. Your citizenship is in heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. God is your Father. You sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Man, you got to enjoy your benefits. You got to know who you are now. Praise God for his goodness. 2 Corinthians 5. We keep reading. In verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then he gave the praise to God. He said, all things are of God. Will you say that with me? All things are of God. Yeah. Who has reconciled. He reconciled us to himself. How did he do it? By Jesus Christ. God reconciled us back to himself. He restored us back to himself. He brought man back to himself. And he did it through Jesus Christ. And has given 
us the ministry, Paul says, of reconciliation. To witness that God was in Christ. Reconciled the world to himself. God did this by himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. And now he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. See, our job is to restore. Our job is to restore. That's why when you read Galatians chapter 6, let me just show you one verse. That's why when you read Galatians chapter 6, it starts you off on if a person has gone through something, our responsibility is to restore them. That's our ministry. Isaiah, I mean, said Galatians 6 and 1 said, Brothers, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual. He's talking to a person that's already saved, spiritual. So you got a spiritual mind. That's what he's talking about. You which are spiritual. Restore such a one. You're not to put a brother down because he went through something. Your job is to restore him. He was overtaken in a fault, Pastor. Yeah, I know, but the Bible told you to restore him. He told you to do it in the spirit of meekness. Considering yourself, it could happen to you. Lest you also be tempted. So when somebody go through something, when a brother go through something, overcome by a situation. I mean, don't just laugh and put him down and, and, and talk about him and act like he's not saved. Your job is to restore a brother. Pray for him. That's your responsibility. Love on them. Be there for people. Brothers, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual. Let me read that same thing out of good news. See, this is, this is, this is how we're supposed to be doing. If you're spiritual, then you got a responsibility to a brother who have gone through something. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 out of the good news. My brothers, if someone is caught in any kind of wrongdoing, those of you who are spiritual should set him right. But you must do it in a gentle way. Keep an eye on yourselves so that you will be not be tempted to. Now, why is he saying this? Because that's what happens. Now, these brothers back, these brothers, let me show you some brothers. Let me show you some brothers. Look at John chapter 8. Let me show you what happened to us and brothers. And I believe this is how God is meaning this. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he told you, take heed lest you fall. So at first, in, in John chapter 8, he, Jesus teaches on a woman who's an adulterer. I want you to pardon me just a moment because I, I, I want to put this in. John chapter 8 out of the King James. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And the Bible says, early in the morning he came again to the temple. And all the people that came to him, he sat down, he taught them. Scribes and the Pharisees now brought to him a woman. Watch this. Take it in adultery. Now what did God tell you to do? Restore. This woman was taken in adultery. The Bible said when he had set her name in the midst. See, now what, what religious people do would be this. See, if she was caught in adultery, she a sinner. Well, that's the same thing that religious people said about it. That makes you a religious person. Because I'm going to show you what God said you're supposed to do to her. Your job is to Galatians 6 and 1. Restore her. Restore her. What pastor she was taking, watch, watch what they did. See, this is how religion do you. The scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery when they had set her in the midst. They said to Jesus, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses says, commanded us that such should be stoned. Well, what do you say? Well, I believe that, you know, the Bible said that Jesus, in the next verse, they said tempted him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger rolled on the ground, and there he heard them not. 
But, but let me show you why I believe what he wrote. Deuteronomy 22. I'm going to tell you what I believe he wrote. Deuteronomy 22, 22. Now this, this is, it's, it's not like God wants us to, to get ourselves in situations. But watch this. Deuteronomy 22. Watch what the law says. Now these guys, they're going to come running to Jesus and say, yeah, here's this woman is. But they left off. They, were, they didn't know the law. Let me show you what the law says supposed to happen if that happened. If a man, we in Deuteronomy 22, 22. If a man be found lying with a woman, married to her, to her husband. If a man be found lying with a woman married to a husband, then they shall both of them die. What you say? Well, they didn't bring the man because they was probably one of the men. So they brought this woman to Jesus, threw her down at his feet and said, look, look, Moses says, if a man be found lying with a woman, Deuteronomy 22 and 22, if a man be found lying with a woman married to a husband, then they shall both of them die. Both the man that lay with the woman and the woman that lay away with the man. Both of them got to die. You're supposed to put away this evil from Israel. Now, when you go back and look at this story, back in John chapter 8, they didn't bring the man. But watch what they says. Deuteronomy, I mean, John chapter 8. Watch what they says. In verse 3, the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman taken in adultery. That means that they caught her in adultery. My point is, where's the man? And which one of those men did they catch? Why the scribes and the Pharisees the one who caught them? So Jesus began to write on the ground and watch what the Lord's going to do. He said in verse 7, So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said, He that without sin, he that without sin, otherwise you have never slept with her. You the one that without sin, you never slept with her. You cast the first stone at her. You have never slept with her? Okay, you cast the first stone. From the oldest down begin to drop their rocks. Because he didn't call the church to do that. He called us to restore. Watch what happened. And then he just stooped down and rolled on the ground. And they was heard it being convicted by their own conscience because they realized that Jesus was talking in their house now. They were convicted by their own conscience because he said, you who without sin, otherwise, which one has not slept with her? Cast the first stone. They began to drop their rocks. And they went out one by one. Beginning at the oldest. Beginning at the oldest. Even to the last. Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst. So the woman still standing there. Because she, she, she feel like somebody's going to kill me any minute now. That's how it is. That's why so many people don't want to go to churches. Because folks want to kill them. Find out what you did so you can kill them. Murder their reputation. Make them feel like they whores and sluts and all kind of sinful people. That's not, the, that's not the business of the church. There are people in churches right now, churches won't even let people serve in the church. Because they had to get a divorce. 
They had to get a divorce. I had a person tell me, said, now, you don't probably let them people serving in church. That person been divorced. That's what you'd have done right there. That's Old Testament. That's not New Testament. New Testament, you're supposed to restore. You are not the judge. You don't supposed to condemn them. Yeah, but pastor, they've been, you shouldn't be having them in ministry. They've been divorced before. And then they come over here in Matthew 18 and try to prove it under the law. What an awesome thing. Judge and condemn people. You don't know why. You don't know why they got a divorce. If you was married to her, you probably would have got a divorce too. If you was married to him, you probably would have got a divorce too. But that don't stop you from living for God and receiving God's mercy and God reconciling you to himself and God giving you his peace. It doesn't stop God. God forgave you on the cross and that forgiveness is eternal. Hallelujah. Praise God for his goodness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we got to let God be God. All right. Now, I, I want to put that in there because let's look at one more. There's Hebrews 2.17. For the book of Hebrews, chapter 2 and verse 17. I got a few things I want to show you today. Wherefore in all things it behooved him, to my Christ, to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest, and things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. That's what he did. He made reconciliation for the sins of the people. Jesus with his own blood reconciled me back to God again. I got peace with my father because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, let's, let's take that and, and let's show you some things because this is what uh, God showed me. Because I have this peace with God. Because I have that. I'm going to get into some other things. Uh, but I want to I be able to show you this peace and how it operates. Because I want you to write this down. This, this, this peace is freedom from war. Now, the war he's talking about is in the mind. My God, my God. Let's go to Romans 7, 23. So he, he wants to make sure you got this peace. Because this peace of God, and I'm going to show you, you don't have to have fear anymore. You remember when, when, when uh, in Genesis, when God walked up on Adam again, Adam hid himself because he was afraid. But he was afraid he's going to die. And I'm going to show you that you're not going to ever have to fear death again. I'm going to show it to you because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Peace with God. Be reconciled to God. Freedom from war in the mind. Romans chapter 7, in verse 23, I see another law in my members, Paul says, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my member. Paul says, I, I, this thing is going on in me. Paul has gave us his testimony before he got to Romans chapter 8 to show us no more condemnation, but he showed us what he went through because he had been deceived. Remember, Ananias told him to rise, be baptized, wash away your sins. That's what Ananias had told him. So that's why when you read Romans chapter 7, he thought he didn't have no more sin. But then in Romans 7, he showed you the sin was in my flesh, in my nature. And water couldn't wash that away. It took the blood of Christ. That's why Paul said he had been deceived. And there's a lot of people out there are deceived because of that. But watch this. 
This word peace means freedom from fear, from terror, from anxiety, from discord. See, freedom from things of future or uncertain events, just like this virus going around. You, you're free from that kind of stuff. You don't supposed to be in fear. This stuff disturbs the mind if you don't have peace because you think you're going to die. Paul called it perplexity of mind. Disturbance from doubt. All this is that what, what peace does. When you don't have peace, you got confusion. You got disturbance in your mind from doubt. You, your mind is puzzled. Your mind is, don't have, is difficult to understand. There are people so, so afraid, even in the house, married to one another, scared to touch one another. Scared to live in the same room with one another. In fear. It's an awesome thing to live in fear. Think you're going to die? Let me show you something what our Lord did. This word peace means freedom from. When you got peace, you got quietness of mind. When you got peace, you got quietness of conscience. When you got peace, you got calmness in your mind. That's when you got peace. Let me show you something. Let me show you what Jesus gave them. John 14. Let me go another way. John 14, 1. Let me show you when Jesus got ready to leave. This is when his disciples began to panic. John 14, when Jesus got ready to leave them, now they're going to panic because they realize the enemy will still be there. And the only way that they were protected is because Jesus was with them. But now Jesus was getting ready to leave. And now they was worried about their safety. So Jesus is going to tell them in John 14 and 1, let not your heart be troubled. Now that's the word that comes against fear, comes against peace. It's troubled. You use that word troubled because when you're troubled, you're not at peace when the heart is troubled. Let not your heart be troubled, he says. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then in verse 27, John chapter number 14 and verse 27, watch what he's going to say. Peace I leave with you. So he letting these guys know you don't have to be troubled. I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be with you through the Holy Spirit. You, you're going to always have this peace. Peace I leave with you. Then he said, my peace. I give you, not as the world giveth, giveth I unto you. Then he's going to say, let not your heart be troubled. Again, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So that's what happened once you get this peace with God. And this peace of God. Don't have to worry about your heart being troubled no more. Don't have to worry about your heart being afraid anymore. God delivers you from fear. Look at John 16. Let, let me show you another one. John chapter 16, verse 32. I'm going to show you Jesus' secret. I'm going to show you Jesus' secret. How can he come to the earth by himself in a ministry by himself call 12 disciples call 70 go in and miss the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the religious people who want to kill him every day and yet he had a smile on his face why? how could he walk like that? how could he sleep in the bottom of a ship 
where you had a storm arising and he wouldn't even get up. How, what did he have? Somebody tell me, what did he have? He had peace. Once you got the Holy Spirit, you got the spirit of peace. Once Christ comes and lives inside of you, you got peace. See, to have peace mean it's unshakable. What an awesome thing. What an awesome thing. John chapter 16, but let me show you, let me show you Jesus' secret. Oh, the hour cometh and now is that you shall be scattered. Every man going to scatter to his own and you're going to leave me alone. You're going to be scattered and you're going to leave me alone. But watch what he's going to tell them. And I'm not alone. I'm going to show you his secret. Oh, you're going to leave me. I got 12 disciples. One of them is a devil. I got 70 men. But once, but once it come down for my last few hours here, all of you are going to leave me. He said, Peter, before the cock crow, you're going to deny me three times. But he already knew his hour was coming. But he said something that gave me a reason to get up at 2 o'clock last night and get the writing. Because the Holy Ghost showed me, what do you have? That's what he asked me. What do you have for that, Pastor? Here it is, John 16, 32 and 33. Behold, the hour cometh and now is that you're going to be scattered. Every man going to run off to his own, going to leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. Woo, glory to God. I had to get up last night, 2 o'clock in the morning, when he said, you got peace, death all around you, son. But you got something. The world didn't give it to you. And the world can't take it away. You got my peace that passes all understanding, son. Oh, my God. You got it. Look at somebody and say, you got it. Tell somebody, I got peace. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, and you got the peace because it's what the Father brings in your life when he comes. Remember the kingdom of God, Romans chapter 14, verse 17, the kingdom of God, not meat and drink. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Let me show you something. Let me show you a verse, Colossians 1, 12. See, once you, once you got put in Christ, you got put in the kingdom. See, you got this stuff, man. You got somebody say, I got this stuff. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, let me read that to you. He said, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. When God saved you, he saved you and put you in the kingdom. So Romans 14, 17 told you the kingdom of God, not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You in the kingdom now. Righteousness you got already. Peace you got already. Joy you got already. You got to know what you got. What an awesome thing that God has given you his peace. Man, I tell you, my time is already gone. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.